So welcome, everybody. We're so glad that you're here. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, we're going through a series of spiritual transformation and what it means for us to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. Because really, as believers, this is what God's doing in our lives. God uses both you know, the good things in our lives, the difficult things, our successes and failures. He uses all of those things in what? In order to shape us and mold us into the likeness of Jesus Christ. And so, you know, part of it is, you know, when you think about, you know, when you do things, right? When you first start doing something, you have to think about it. But over time, you keep doing it, and it just becomes who you are. Well, you don't really have to think about what you're doing. And this is what we're talking about transformation, how God will transform you into a person where you don't really have to think about it. It just becomes who you are and how you live. And that's what we're going to um, do today. And today, we're going to talk about being guided by the Spirit. Because like in my prayer request, you know, God wants to guide us, right? Maybe in not in all the areas that he's asking for, but God does want to guide us. You know, and John Orpok, and just to let you know, this entire sermon pretty much is co- going to come from John Orpok's book, The Life You Always Wanted. Because I think that's a wonderful book. And, you know, he has a chapter on being led by the Spirit. And most of my material is going to come from that. So I just wanted to give him credit for that. But he starts off by saying, If I am to have a relationship with God that is in any sense personal, I must be open to the possibility that sometimes God speaks directly to me. Okay? You know, Comedian Lily Tomlin, you know, and had a line in the play in the, the search for signs of intelligent life in the universe. And in this play, she asked this one question. She goes, why is it when we speak to God, we are said to be praying? But when God speaks to us, we are said to be schizophrenic. Right? And so all of us, and sometimes we laugh at that, but sometimes we might feel that. Right? When we speak to God, it's called praying. But when God speaks to us, that's like, ooh, that's weird. I'm hearing voices. You know, it might schizophrenic to that me. Right? But God does speak to us. You know, He does, I mean, all you have to do is look at Scripture. And one of the things that it's clear is if you read the book of Genesis, if you read the book of Genesis, there are conversations that God has with people. And it's an amazing book because who wrote that? Who wrote Genesis? Moses wrote Genesis. And he wrote it about 2,500 years after Adam. So how did he know these conversations happened? Right? How did he know? Because when Adam and Eve were created, it was just Adam and Eve and God talking to them. They weren't sitting down and saying, even say, hey, Adam, did you get this down? You know, write this down, write this down. This is important stuff. No, they didn't do that. Moses wrote that. This is why you see it's a supernatural book that God having actual detailed conversations with people. And just to show you how amazing it is, I had a lot of conversations with many of you this morning at breakfast. And I cannot say word for word what we talked about. I can't, if you ask me what we talked about, for some of you, I'd even forget. Or I just have impressions. Or I could just kind of paraphrase what we talked about, 
right? I cannot give you a detailed blow word for word, but that's the book of Genesis. So next time you read the book of Genesis, I want you to read it with that perspective, that it is truly a supernatural book because there are things written in detailed conversation that God had with his people was written by a man who lived 2,500 years afterwards. There's no way that he could have written these detailed conversations down without the help of God, right? Or he just would have had to made it up himself. But as you see scripture, you know that that's impossible. So we see that God does have conversations with people, okay? And God wants to have conversations with us today. Okay, so our passage is going to, our week's passage is going to come from Psalm 25, verses 4 and 5. And it says, show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are my God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. And so when we look at this verse and we ask God to teach us your paths, right? Guide me in your truth and teach me. What do we normally think about? We think about Scripture. We think about, God, give me insight to your word so I could know your truth, so I could know how to live my life. And yes, that's true, right? But God also wants to teach us. God also wants to lead us and guide us through the work of his Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to talk about today right? And so what John Norquist said is being open and receptive to the leadings of the Holy Spirit is non-optional, is a non-optional part of transformation. So what he's saying is the Holy Spirit is going to lead you. The Holy Spirit is going to direct you. The Holy Spirit is going to guide you. He's going to talk to you. He's going to instruct you to do things, Right, And he said, if we aren't listening, if we don't believe that the Holy Spirit speaks to us that, day, that, t- that way, there's no way we will be transformed by, into the image of Jesus Christ. It is non-optional. So we need to be open <coughs> excuse me, and receptive to the leadings of the Holy Spirit. But you know, one, one reason that we don't hear from God is that we are not attentive to his voice. And this is where all of these things lead up to this. Because we talked about busyness. We talked about hurry. We talked about all of those things. And all of those things get in the way from us not being attentive to God. Because why? We're, our attention is all over the place, right? And so this is one of the reasons that we don't hear from God. So if you have your Bibles, can you turn with me to Genesis 28? 10. And the background of this is that, you know, Isaac, well, Jacob tricked his father Isaac into giving him the blessing, right? And so Isaac gives Jacob, the younger son, he had his, a brother Esau, a blessing, right? And so, but then Isaac told um, Jacob to go to Padan Aram to get a wife, which was pretty far from where he was. So um, Jacob was getting ready to leave. Why? Because his father said, you need to go here to find a wife from Laban, who is your uncle. And so he starts on this. It's a pretty long trip. So that's the backdrop. So it says in verse 10, 
Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones here, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth, with its top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on this earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. And I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I've done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of this. And when I look at this, this is so much like us. Right? You know, because in those times, they felt that they believed that God spoke to people in certain places, that certain places were holy, and this is where God interacted with people. Now, now we know today through the work of the Holy Spirit that, you know, God pretty much interacts with us everywhere, right? But it wasn't the case back then. But what was Jacob doing? He was going from where he was to uh, a faraway place to what? Get a wife. And the only reason he stopped there is because the sun set and he needed to rest. He had no idea of the significance of that place and that God would tell him that, you know what? This land that you are sleeping on tonight, I am going to give to your descendants many centuries from now. He didn't know that. He just thought it was an ordinary place, no place where God would meet him. And he was just wanting to go to sleep. But isn't that like us? Right? You know, when we're going through life, when do we expect God to speak to us? When we're in trouble. We expect God to think, you know, when life is so hectic and we need guidance, right? Those are the times that we expect God to speak to us in those significant events in our lives. And so we wait for those experiences in order to seek the leading from God. But what do we learn here? This was an ordinary place. It was an ordinary night. There was nothing special about it. But this is where God spoke to Jacob. But this is what Jacob said. Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. Why? Because there's nothing special about this place. He didn't even think God would even show up there. Is that the same for us? Do we think that God only shows up in the significant aspects of our lives? No. This shows us that God shows up when he pleases. That any place God shows up is holy. This place was holy because God showed up there. Right? Your life is significant because God is going to, that moment in time when God shows up in your life is significant, not because of the events around it, because God showed up. And this is a principle that we have to learn and know, that God shows up when he pleases, not on our schedule. He gives us directions when he feels he needs to give us directions, not when we say, God, give me 
direction. Why? Because there might be things that God wants us to learn to trust him and to move forward in his silence, right? And so we have to remember that certain events in our lives are holy, not because of the event, but because God shows up there, okay? And so what is guidance not? Because a lot of us, you know, when we take a look at asking God, I want you to think of this. When was the last time you asked for God's help when you weren't in a crisis? When you weren't anxious about something? When was the last time you asked for help? Well, God's guidance. My guess is that you'd, it, you'd, it'd be difficult for you to think of that time. Why? Because we always look for God's guidance when we're in trouble. When we've exhausted all of our experience, all of our resources, all of our ideas, and all of our plans, and we go, none of them work. Okay, God, I guess you're up. You know, but isn't that the way we do that? You know, I I do that. But guidance, the first point is guidance is not insider information. And a lot of times that's what we look for God for, insider information. And basically insider information is, is if you have a public corporation, right, that's going to do something and that will impact the value of the stock. If you, if you know about that prior to that, then what you could do, you can make a decision that's what? Beneficial to you, whether it's to buy more stock or sell that stock. But whatever it is, if you have that information, you could make wise decisions and benefit from that. That's what, um, insider information is all about but isn't that the way we look to god we want insider information god if you could give me this if you could direct me here that's going to be very beneficial to me right and that's the way we look it's kind of like that eight ball you know some of you young kids you don't know what that is but remember when for those of you old enough that was that eight ball you would shake you would ask it a question right and you would shake it and it said it, and it comes up with the answer. It'd be like, it is certain. Or don't count on it. Or ask me later. But what did we do with that eight ball? Okay, God, does she like me? And then you get, don't count on it. God, does she, eight ball, does she like me? Ask again later. And you keep shaking it to what? You could get the answer without a doubt. Right? Or remember those, I, I mean, this is, you young kids are going to think this is dumb, but remember those flowers we go, she loves me, she loves me not, she loves me, and if you go, she loves me not, ah, oh, you dumb flower, and you throw it away, and you get another one, right? But when I was young, I was just too dumb to know if I picked a flower with odd number of petals, I'd get the answer I wanted every single time. I wasn't smart enough to figure that out. So every flower I'd do that until I picked a flower to, oh, she loves me. But you know what? As crazy as that sounds, we actually believed that. It gave us a sense of confidence, right? And we did those things. And just as a side note here, you know, there's this thing called the Ouija board. Stay away from that. Don't ever play that. There is something satanic about that game. Okay, so I'm just warning you. People do that. They think it's fun to get these answers. Do not play that game. I've heard too many stories about that. You know, 
However, when we seek guidance for God, it is not for God to give us insider information. He's not this big eight ball in the sky, right, that we keep asking him until we get the answer we want. That's not how God works. God is not there to give us insider information just to benefit us, to give us the things that we want. He's not our genie, right? So that's the first thing. Second, guidance is not a way to avoid taking risks, right? A lot of times we ask for God's direction to what? Avoid taking risks that we might fail, right? So God's guidance is not for the purpose of preventing failure or getting hurt. Because God uses failure, God uses hurt in order to what? Shape us into the likeness of his Christ, uh, likeness of his son Jesus Christ, right? I remember when we were growing up, guys used this line all the time. They'd go up to a, a woman and said, you know what? God told me that we should date. You know, God told me that we should date. Right? And, and a lot of people ask that, God, should I date this person? You know, and the reason they do that is they want to minimize the risk. Because if I get the perfect person, then I won't get hurt. God doesn't work that way. If you ask God that, you're not going to walk in a room and see a woman or a guy with the Shekinah glory around their head. Go, oh, that's the one. You know, God doesn't work that way. So women... If a guy comes up to you and says, you know what, God told me we should date, your response should be, well, he didn't tell me that, so thank you, but no thank you, and take off. You know, God does not work that way, okay? But a lot of times we actually ask for God help to avoid getting hurt. You know, if you're in a relationship, you know, and you're dating, you know, unfortunately, getting hurt, is part of, getting hurt is part of that. It's a part of the growing process. It's not a fun part, but it's a part of the process, right? Failure is part of the process of you growing. Just look at Scripture. Did God save um, these uh, people from failure? Of course not. No, he allowed them to fail. Why? To learn from their mistakes and to grow. So guidance is not a way to avoid taking risks. Because a lot of times God wants you to take risks and to trust him, to take that step forward. And you might fail, but at least you'll learn something. See, God's purpose in guidance is not to get us to perform the right actions. His purpose is to help us become the right kind of people. And this is where we have to realize this is what God's trying to do. He's not trying to get us to the point to direct us so we could perfectly follow a set of rules. That's not what God is up to. God's purpose and guidance is to help us become the right kind of people, the people that reflect his son Jesus Christ, the people who live with the values and make decisions based upon reflecting his son Jesus Christ, to live like Jesus Christ. That's what he wants, and that's what his purpose of his guidance is for, right? It's not to what? Benefit us vocationally. It's not to benefit us financially. It's not to benefit us relationally. Does God care about these things? Of course he does. But more importantly, he cares about the type of person you are becoming. And this is what we have to understand. 
that when God takes a look at us, his major concern is who we are becoming, not what we are doing. So how do we listen to God's voice? It says, listen for the Spirit's voice continually. Because the reason we don't speak, that the reason why we don't hear the Holy Spirit speaking to us is we aren't listening. And, you know, I've talked to people and I said, you know, when was the last time you, you know, had a sense that uh, God was telling you to do something? And somebody says, oh, yeah, when I first came to know him or when I was baptized. And, you know, I tell them, well, that's 15, 20 years ago. You saying that God hasn't instructed you in 10, 15, 20 years? You know, that doesn't sound right. And part of it is, you know, I used to be like that, too. It's I wasn't listening. I wasn't listening. God is speaking to us more than we think. The problem is we're not listening, right? And this is another thing. And this is something that I've learned in my life, that when God speaks to you, it was rarely for my personal benefit. The majority of the times God was leading me, the majority of the time God was directing me was for the benefit of others. That, Dave, I need you to pray for this person. Right, And I know that I've told you this um, story before, so those of you who heard it, you could kind of chime out for three minutes. Um, but you know, I remember clearly you know, when I was a supervisor at Continental Airlines at LAX, we had a, um, those service, uh, we, we contracted people to check their bag tags when you walked out of baggage claim so you wouldn't take somebody else's luggage. Well, there was this one supervisor that worked for this contract company whose father died. And it was a traumatic experience because she was telling me that the only reason they found out is her neighbors started smelling something pretty bad coming from their house. And so they asked the police to go over. The police went over, and they found her father um, deceased, right, and rotting. Um, and that's not a good picture if you're a daughter to try to figure out these are the end days of your father. But the problem is she couldn't afford a ticket, right? And so I said, well, you know what? I give free tickets all the time as compensations. So I went to all of my supervisors and I told them the story. I said, hey, can I write this person a comp ticket? And they said, no. I said, come on. This, and I gave them the situation, and they said, no. And I said, okay, can I at least give her a voucher that paid for half of it? Again, no, right? So I went back to her and I said, I tried everything and the bosses said that I can't do anything. I'm sorry, you're going to have to buy the ticket. And she said, I can't afford it. And I said, you know, I tried everything. My bosses won't let me do this and I can't do it. And so she went away. <laughs> right when she away, I, I literally heard God's voice. It wasn't his audible voice. Give her the money. And I said, okay, I didn't hear that. So I kept on going on. And I said, Dave, I want you to give her the money. I said, God, that's $300. And, you know, that, that was a lot back then. And it wasn't like I had a lot of money. And I said, God, she's not going to pay that back. You know, I know that. So I kept on doing it. And then, Dave, give her the money. So finally, I said, okay. And then I walked over to the ATM. And I pulled out $300. And, and I just gave it to her. I said, you know, I'm sorry about your father. Here, use this to buy the ticket, right? Thinking, okay, that money's gone. But she wrote me a letter afterwards with $300. And she said, thank you so much for your gift when I really needed it. It shows me who my true friends are. And I'm going, I'm not sure. I, I just barely know you. 
But I was only the only one willing to do that. But you know why I was willing to do that? Do that? Because God told me to do that. I understood what God was calling to me to do. There was no ambiguity. There was no question. And this is why I kind of stomped towards the uh, ATM machine, right? But God was speaking to me. And as I've been journeying through my Christian life, you know what? The majority of the times, God speaks to me and directs me to help others for the benefit of others. And most significant times in my life were when God spoke to others and said, you know what, you need to encourage Dave. You know, Dave's kind of feeling down right now. You need to say these words to him. And they... And a lot of them come up to me and they said, Dave, you know what? I don't know if this means anything to you. But I just sense that God's telling me this. And they've done that, you know. And sometimes it, it works and sometimes it may not, right? But we need to practice these. We can't dismiss things because, you know, I've dismissed them and I felt really bad, you know, when doing that because I know God was telling me to do something, you know, like the time that we had a Christmas Eve service and I had eaten all day and I came home really late, right? And I went to McDonald's, got my, I forgot what kind of meal it was. And I was driving and I saw somebody. <laughs> God said, Dave, give your meal to that person. And knowing me, it's like, God, I'm hungry. I haven't eaten all day, you know? And so I said, no, this can't be from you. So, but I kept on hearing that. And so I know what that means. So I turned around and went back. And by the time I got back, that person was gone. And so I felt so bad because it was one of those things I knew. I wasn't listening, and I missed an opportunity to serve God, you know. And so this is what happens in your life. You know, I don't know anybody that hears God's voice audibly. I've never heard God's voice audibly. But when God says something... It's usually going to be for the benefit of others, and it's usually something that you can't shake. So listen to his voice continuously. And the next one is be relentlessly responsive. And this is a lesson that I learned now, is that even if it doesn't make sense to me to go ahead and do it, right? And it may or may not be. There's going to be some times where it's embarrassing, where you're going to go and you're going to do something for somebody, and they'll go, Oh, thank you. And then that's it. You know? But that's okay. That's okay. You have to be willing to put yourself... Because that's happened to me many times. When I went in, I did something for somebody and expected, oh, you are an answer to prayer. And I get, oh, thank you. And then I'm just like, okay, God, I did it. What was that all about? You know? And maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't. But I was being relentless that okay you know and um we need to do that don't worry about failing don't worry about getting embarrassed because that is going to happen i just want to tell you that beforehand that is going to happen however the times when you bless somebody you're never ever ever going to forget that and if you could have more and more of those experiences this is what god wants right? Does he care about your finances? Yes. Does he care about your relationships? Yes. Does he care about your career? Yes. But I guarantee you, 
the time that you listen to God and you are a, a blessing to somebody who is maybe at the last rope and you come through, you will never forget that. That is life-changing. And the reason we need to be relentless is we never know what the other person is going through, right? We might think they're okay, but God knows. And he's saying, Dave, I'm sending you. I love that person, but I'm not going to take care of that. I'm going to take care of that by sending you. This is why we need to be that way. And then listen to God's voice in the words of others. Listen to God's voice in the words of others. Because God speaks through people. Now when God, and that's going to bring me to the next point, but I can't tell you how many times that I was encouraged by a word that somebody came to me. You know, when you're, when you're low, when you're discouraged, and somebody comes in that out of the blue and just tells you something. Or just says, you know what, I've been praying for you. And then they start talking, and you go, wow, okay, God, you're speaking through that person. And this is why when we go and we give people advice, it's paramount that we pray before we talk to them. Right, we pray, because you never know what state they're in. Right, and so we want to at least get, sometimes God will give you the words to say, Sometimes he won't. But before we talk to people, this is what I always do. Before every hospital visit, before every time I go visit somebody, before I talk to somebody, I'm always praying before I talk to these people. And you should too. Because God might give you something. But then you need God's wisdom as you deal with it. So prayer is important. But listen to people's voice because God might be speaking to them. However, if they, you believe that they are uh, speaking to you, listen for the Spirit's voice when you read the Scripture. Because I can't tell you how many times when I'm reading Scripture, and right now I'm going through Second Kings, and a lot of it's like, oh my gosh, okay, this king disobeyed the Lord, and uh, you know, it's like, God, what do you want me to teach me? But then God will bring something out of that, and goes, Dave, you're doing the same thing these kings are doing, you know, in a loving way. And see, this is the reason, and this is really important. God does discipline those he loves. God does convict us from sin. But when God does convict us, it's not this judgmental voice. It's not this accusatory voice. You know, as I'm going through Second Kings and I'm reading about how evil or all the things that these kings did wrong and I'm coming up with something and God is saying, Dave, you're making that same mistake. I knew it was God's voice because it was a loving voice. But make no mistake, I knew what God was telling me through Scripture, that I was making the same mistakes that the kings did, that they obeyed God partially but not fully. Where they, they failed to do all of what God told them to do. And that's the way God convicted me, you know, this past week, right? Dave, I wanted you to do this, and you're doing that, but you didn't do everything that I wanted you to do. Same thing as the kings. So that's why it's important to read your Bible, because God does speak through his word. It's his word. It's a living book. It's not just a book of letters, right? But also, when somebody gives you advice, this is important, 
you need to test their advice against Scripture. Because some people might very be well-meaning and give you advice that might, sound, that might seem sound, but then you're saying, okay, there's something not right about that. Okay, it's not immoral. It's not illegal, right? But ah, there's something not right. And then you find out, ah, the reason being, it didn't line up with Scripture. It didn't line up with Scripture. And this is why knowing your Scripture is so important. You have to be in your word. Because number one, God speaks to you through his word. But number one, and number two, it's our litmus test. So when God asks you to do something, when God leads you, he will never lead you in an area that conflicts with his word. Okay? He will never do that. So if you're getting a leading that conflicts with God's word, I could tell you it's not coming from God. God will never, ever, ever lead you to do something that conflicts with his word. But we need to test everything based upon what? His word. And that's why it's so important to know God's word. But I guarantee you, if you let God lead you into helping people to, to be there, to let God use you when you're their last hope and you had no idea, you will never, ever Forget it. You know, you might remember, you might get a, you know, a bump in your salary. You might be in this good relationship, right? And those are all good. But I guarantee you, if you let God lead you, if you listen to God and God uses you to be a blessing to somebody, oh my goodness, there's not a better feeling in the world. And this is what God wants. But when I think about this, including my life, how many times does that happen? Well, people say, well, once every five years? <laughs> Is that what God wants? No, God wants you to experience this. This is living life in his fullness. This is God, what God wants for you. But we have a choice. Do we listen to God? Are we willing to follow his lead, even though it doesn't make sense, even though we do it and we may look foolish? Are we willing to do it? This is what we need to do. And this is what God wants us to lead. And so if you take a look at, you should have got your cards here. And it's today is the guiding life. And so there are two practices here. The first one is make yourself available to God this week. When I say that, you know, just be more intentional about listening to the lead of the Holy Spirit. Especially when it's concerning other people. Now, if you want to ask God's leading for yourself, go ahead and do that. But like I said, it's been my experience that when God directs me and leads me, by far, it's to help other people more than it is to help myself. But then I don't have to worry about myself because hopefully God is leading other people to minister to me. Okay? Um, Then it says, by faith and with wisdom and discernment, when you feel prompted by God to give, pray, or help, encourage someone, etc. this week, act on it. That's the key. Act on it. It takes courage to do that, right? And I could tell you how many times that I've done that, and whoops, you know, I didn't get the result that I wanted. But I think God was pleased, because at least it showed me in me serving him and me being obedient to him. So please 
Don't let the result deter you. Okay, pray before you do it. And if you need, and if it's something that's pretty, uh, you need discernment, ask a brother and sister and pray about that um, before you do it. But, you know, act on it. Worship team, could you please come forward and we'll close in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the moment where you used me to make, to be a blessing to somebody else. And Father, those were the holy moments. And most of those times, Father, I had no idea what this person was going through. To me, it wasn't a significant time. I didn't know. I was just like Jacob. Well, I didn't know you were here, that you were present, and that you were calling me to do something because I didn't see any external reason for me to act. It was an ordinary circumstance from my point of view. But from your point of view, it was a holy moment. So right now, I just want you to all ask God for the courage to relentlessly follow through on God's leading, regardless of the result. And use your common sense here too. But if you feel God is telling you to do something, just pray for the courage to do that and take a few moments. And also pray if God is bringing anyone up into your mind right now. Father, I know that there are people out there, your children, that are hurting. And Father, you want to let them know that you care about them, that you haven't left them, and that you want to minister to them. But Father, you have chosen to use other of your children to meet their needs. And Father, I want to ask for forgiveness for myself for when I heard your voice and I didn't listen, when I took myself out of the possibility to be a blessing to someone. And for that, I'm truly sorry. But Father, would you employ... um, Would you impress upon each one of us the importance of how much you love people and how much you see their needs and how much, Father, you want to care for them. But, Father, that you have chosen for us to be your hands and feet. And the only way we could do that is if we listen to your guidance. So, Father, would you make each one of us more attentive to your Holy Spirit this week. Father, may you guide us to people that may need to hear from you through us. And Father, may you give us the courage and the boldness to relentlessly, Father, follow through. 
but thank you for the opportunity that you've given each one of us to live life fully. And Father, I could tell you when you use us to be a blessing to others, Father, there is no experience in the world like that. And that is truly living life to its fullest is when we allow you to use us to help others. When you allow us to spread your love and to show your love to other people. Oh God, that's living the abundant life. So thank you so much for allowing each of us to experience that if we choose. In your son's name we pray, amen.